Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moons every month. Even when sometimes I forget what day the podcast comes out on, like today. Sorry, it's late. In this episode, I chat with my wonderful friend, Janie. Janie talks about what it's like to be a beginner, how she includes magic in her crafty business, and how she was chosen by her first witch's tool. Now let's get to the stories. Hi, Janie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you do and where they can find you? So, hi, I'm Janie, like Kim just said. I'm from Fantasy Core Creations on Facebook and Instagram. And I have a very small business where I make handcrafted items with intention. So I do knitting and crochet. I also dabble in glass etching, vinyl craft, sublimation, and then handmade salve, solid perfumes, bath salts. I want to get into oil perfumes and infused oils. But all of the things that I make, I make with intention. So if I'm doing a shawl or a scarf, I put the intention of being safe or, you know, feeling protected and feeling loved in it. Or if I do a custom item for somebody, I can put whatever intention you want into it. And in like the glass etching, I can do runes and things like that. I put intention in my salves, my perfumes, my bath salts. Yeah. Some undercover witchiness there. So what made you want to do that? I have always been a little bit crafty. I've had a lot of hobbies throughout my life and I tend to jump from hobby to hobby and each new thing I pick up, people are like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. You should sell it. And I was like, you know what? I should. So I'm trying to, but the knitting and crocheting, I've been doing that since childhood. I actually don't remember learning how to crochet. My mom and both of my grandmothers crochet and knit, and I just kind of picked it up from them. So I really like doing those because not only do I feel connected to like my personal ancestors, but I'm starting to feel a little bit more connected to, you know, all of the women in the past who have done the creating and the making of things for their families. And if you go, if you go to my shop or if you have seen maybe in Anahata's photos, some t-shirts with the bumblebeans and the air freshener that I have in my Etsy shop. Those were actually made by Janie of Fantasy Core Creations. Yes, that was me. It's so much fun when I see like posts of your things on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook and I'm like, oh, I helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? It means that I'm free to be who I've always felt like I was, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, It means that, like the women throughout history who were called witches, because most of the women weren't necessarily practicing witchcraft. They were loud, and they weren't meek and humble and 
quiet people that could be oppressed. They they took up space and they were different and opinionated. And for me, being a witch allows me to be that way. Plus, it also allows me to heal my inner child and be that, you know, fantasy loving child that I always was. Now, you mentioned your fiber arts help you feel connected to your ancestors. Do you have any family history with witchcraft? Probably not. (laughs) Um, Not that I know of. I know my little sister started practicing about the same time I did. If you heard my little snack size blurb about my first, it wasn't even a spell, thing that went horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, (laughs) She was one third of that equation. (laughs) Um, And lately I've noticed that my mom is posting things like memes and things that are super witchy, but I don't think she claims it. But I would love to find that somewhere in my background. I have. I would love for one of my personal ancestors to come to me and be like, finally, child, I have been waiting for someone that I could teach and work (laughs) with. (laughs) What does your daily practice look like? If you have a daily, what does your regular practice look like? So... My practice is still very new. I've only been actively practicing for about a year and a half. So it's it's evolving. I haven't yet found like my it thing, but I do have a house goddess um, that I felt like was one that I started just wanting to honor. Um, it's Hestia, you know, goddess of hearth and home. And I wanted to just honor her at first. And I feel like now she's actually here in my home and wanting to work with me, which is nice. So every morning I light a candle for her and, or some incense. I have some incense that I do for her sometimes. And I have a dragon guide that I'll sometimes light a different candle for if I feel the need. I'm trying to get in the habit of pulling oracle cards every day. Um, That doesn't always happen though. And I talk to my house And I'm trying to, I think I lean towards, what's it called? Animism, Mm -hmm. uh, where everything has a, I don't know if I believe everything has a spirit, but I believe everything has a energy. And if you want to call that spirit, cool. You can call that spirit. Um, So I, I, I talk to my house and try to. Use that, whether it ends up setting the intention for the day or makes my house happy. I don't know, but it makes me happy to do it. So uh, I also have, I'm work, starting to work with color magic and crystal magic. And I have a crystal bracelet for every day of the week, except for Saturday, because that one is, what is it? Obsidian and... Apache's Tears, and I haven't found bracelets in those yet. But I wear those every day and kind of try to channel that energy throughout the day. How would you, would you say witchcraft has changed your life? Yes. 
I guess to answer that, I have to explain a little bit of my background <laughs> first. Just um, say yes. Next. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, it just, it's helped me take life a little bit slower. I was always having to like work every minute that I could to keep myself alive and in a house. Um, but now the ritual of doing certain things like making my coffee or making my tea, I'm focused on that. When I light a candle, I'm focusing on that. So I'm not constantly looking towards the next thing. Plus, I feel like it brought you into our circle, which I'm happy about. Oh, oh, most definitely. I would be a sad, lonely little child. Well, not child, <laughs> but <laughs> I would feel like a sad, lonely little child. What would you say is your biggest motivator in your practice? Right now, it's just wanting to find the thing that that clicks with me. I'm, I want to try everything. I want to learn about everything. But specifically, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to find that one practice that I do. And that's just like, oh, that's me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like everybody's doing that lately. I think that I feel like I see that in all the groups we're in. And you and I are in a lot of the same groups. I feel like a lot of people are searching right now. And I I think it's probably because of the seasonal change and, and the shift. I think it's just a shift that we're all doing that again. I think it happens in waves. I'm also still in that. I don't know what I'm doing. I have to learn all the things stage and I'm in everything I do. I may learn the foundations and you have to learn all the things before you practice things. So I'm still in that, which I take a little bit too far sometimes. I I see the value in that mindset, but also there's so much to learn. If you do that, you're never going to end up practicing (laughs) Oh, trust me. I know. (laughs) Just jump in. Just jump in and try stuff. You might burn your house down, but probably not. (laughs) That's scary because what if you fail and burn your house down? Then it sucks. Hopefully you have insurance. (laughs) We do. We have good insurance. (laughs) Here is something that I know that you deal with based on previous conversations. And I know I've admitted that I deal with it. What? do you do about imposter syndrome? I doubt everything that I do in everything. And I cry for a couple days and feeling like my whole life is a lie. And then I remember yes. I have a support system, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, you and your group. And I go to that support system and I tell you all how I'm, how I'm feeling. And you all remind me that everybody does that. That like life, your craft has ups and downs and you make mistakes and you learn from them. And it doesn't mean that you suck at everything. (laughs) And uh, then you specifically tell me that you know that I have had successes and that they're there. The failure was just talking louder than my success was. So. 
So find yourself community, people. Yes. Even if they are online and you find them because you pay to be friends with them, (laughs) find them because it's worth it. That makes me feel weird. (laughs) That makes me feel really weird. It shouldn't because now it's like, I, I honestly, the reason, so not so shameless plug for Kim's Patreon right now. Uh, Unsolicited. (laughs) This is unsolicited. Uh, It's just from me. I started getting it because I wanted a witchy monthly box to help me grow my practice and help me find different things to work with and use and try. But when I first was looking through your options, the biggest thing that drew me in was the Marco group. Um, I did not expect it to be as big as it is. <laughs> um, or as big as it's gotten. What do you mean by big? Like how many people? In my group? Yeah. I thought it was only going to be like three or four people talking. It feels like it is only three or four people. (laughs) How many people are in it? Now I have to look. There's like 30 people that are in it, but then... Yeah, but they don't all participate. No, but a lot of them. 30? Oh my God. (laughs) No, hold on. I didn't know it was beyond. I didn't realize it was 30 people. Yeah. Because only like five of us talk regularly. Also, I'm bad at math. It might be more than five. It is It is more than five, but not all of us talk all day long, but yeah. Um, but it's so helpful. Like, I would much rather pay for your marker group than go out and get coffee once a month to meet people face-to-face. Does that make you feel that, less weird? That makes me feel like we need therapists. <laughs> do because if i told my therapist that she'd be like hmm let's talk about that but we're getting socialist i can't words today socialization we are talking we have community i just don't have to go out in public it does feel safer it feels a lot safer i feel like people are more genuine on there because we see each other oh god at the bottom bottom. (laughs) you know we see cat when she's spent hours on her makeup and is i I was gonna say and is gorgeous but she's always gorgeous but when she's in her makeup it's just a whole different thing yeah um we see each other first thing in the morning when we haven't even really opened our Brushed eyes anything <laughs> yeah literally it's dark in a, in the room where we are yeah <laughs> we have not gotten out of bed we're still in bed <laughs> um Sarah. you know i know i've been on there and cried over craft things over my kids over you know i have a headache and i can't handle this feel like we see each other in all of our ups and downs And I don't know about you, but if I'm feeling crappy and like I'm going to cry over everything, I'm not leaving the house. 
I'm going to cancel that coffee date I made with somebody. That's true. So I definitely feel like there's a more intimate feeling there than I've had with a lot of people. But I, thought- I love our group so much. I do too. Every time it comes up, I say that I know, but I do. I love you all. I love <laughs> all of we us. We love you too. And I love you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> So what is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft? Feeling like I am just playing pretend. Yep. Um, I've talked about that with a bunch of different people. Um, I'm very much a perfectionist. So if I don't do something well the first time I do it, then why bother? Yep. And Yay being gifted. <laughs> Society, thanks for that education on how to be. Yeah. So I never thought of myself as gifted. I bet you were special maybe, classes because that's that's classic gifted child in school behavior. Huh. huh. Interesting. Um. But because I guess because I haven't found my thing, I feel like everything I every positive outcome I get. Is just because I'm looking for it. Does that make sense? I need to stop asking if that makes sense, don't I? Yes. <laughs> Women in general I just need to realized I've asked men that don't question. ask that. Men don't ask that question. No, because obviously they, they do. That <laughs> <laughs> made me lose my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh Knowing if whether the positive outcomes of things that I see are because I'm just looking for them is where we were. Well, yeah, but if you were looking for negative, you can sure as hell find it. So you might as well do it the positively instead. This is true. This is true. Um, I'm going to be vulnerable for a second because you seem to bring that out in me. Because uh, I'm the mama. You are the mama. Um. <laughs> I heard that and my brain immediately went to the, the dinosaur mama. show. And like, not to mama, not to mama. <laughs> uh, do you know the show I'm talking about? Yeah. So many people have no clue what I'm talking about when I say that. Who are those people? What uh, timeline are they from? <laughs> people my age or younger. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what was the question? Oh, oh, I was shit. being vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> I was being vulnerable. <laughs> um, my last spell that I did was my first one that would have very definitive results. It was either going to work or it wasn't. And... It didn't even try to work. (laughs) Like, it didn't even start doing the going home noises. It was just like, nope, that's not happening. And I had a very rough weekend that week because I gave it time. I gave it a week to work and nothing. Um. So that was hard, but 
you all reminded me that there have been successes. I've done a money spell where I immediately turn around and find things that I need super cheap. I've done Oracle card pulls that have been spot on for situations. I've done, I've had huge success with my pendulum. What are your, do you have any long-term goals for your practice? To get to where I don't feel like a fraud. Good luck with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, No, seriously though, I just want to find like my thing whether it's spell jars or fire magic or bath magic or kitchen witchery. I just, I want to find my thing where I can say, I I, I can do something for that and I know it'll work. I don't understand anyone who feels like they, that, 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 nope. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in good company. Okay. Good luck with that. Like, but do you have a thing that you... No, okay. what? I can't even be like a normal person who isn't magic. Like normal adult things. What? <laughs> and that's because normal adult things are stupid. Well, no, I, I, I have things that I feel relatively secure in doing, but do I think it's going to work every time? Absolutely not. Okay, but most Because of the, the universe time- is infinite. This is true. No. But how many success stories have you had from? I have no idea. I don't count. I don't do that. You don't do success? I know of one. Oh. And I have not asked anyone else. Oh, okay. What brings you the most joy in your practice? Right now, it's finding something new to learn about. I am a huge book nerd, and if I can find some new thing that I can hyper-focus on and learn all the things, I am a happy little gremlin. Like, that just makes me so happy. Um, Or when I use my pendulums. Uh, I've always connected well with pendulums, and they're part of... Uh, what first got me into witchcraft a long, long time ago. Um, So yeah, (laughs) books are swingy rocks. (laughs) I think pendulums are your thing. I I think I just need to use them more. That's actually going to be in my answer to one of the questions later about my first pendulum experience. What witchy thing do you geek out about? All the witchy books, obviously, (laughs) and the fae. Uh, I was that child that was super drawn to fantasy things. Um, I wholeheartedly believe in fairies and... um, brownies, dragons, all of that. Um, I've quite often could swear that there was something out of the corner of my eye. And when I turn around, it's not there. Um, So having some sort of 
validation that that is real, that that is a thing. It makes me so happy and I can talk about it for so long. I love gnomes, fairies, like, oh, love them, love them, love them, love them. What are your thoughts on familiars? First, I'm not sure. how do you define a familiar? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm honestly not entirely sure. Uh, you recently had Tanya Brown on who said that a familiar was traditionally a familiar spirit, not always an animal. Um, and that's that's kind of sat in my brain and I've been ruminating on that. Um, but I also have an eight-year-old German Shepherd mix that I had to separate from me by two different doors because when she's not right there with me, she's convinced that I am either dying or giving attention to some other animal. And both are equally bad. <laughs> so, um, could she be considered my familiar? Possibly. I just think she's obsessed with me. Do you do anything with her in a magical way? No, but I am interested in learning about how. I do like to focus on her. She's very a very calm dog most of the time. And especially if I'm anxious, she kind of chills me out. So I would be very interested in working with her. I just, I don't know how. If you could only recommend one book to a new witch, what would it be and why? Blackthorn's Protection Magic by Amy Blackthorn. Because protection magic is so important to learn before you learn all the quote-unquote cool stuff. You have to know how to protect you and your family and your house and all of that before you start bringing things in. And I love the way that Amy Blackthorne writes. She's so personable and I just love it. She's really interesting as a person. I would love to just like sit down and pick her brain. I think that would be so cool. Would you say that environment shaped your practice? You've lived in a few different places, right? I have. And where I'm at now, I honestly think it's hindering my practice a little bit. I love plants and growing herbs and vegetables and things like that. But I live in the South along the Gulf Coast and it is hot and feels like Satan's butthole outside most of the year. So I don't want to go outside. <laughs> I don't want to grow things because I have to be outside to do that. When I was driving through the mountains to go to Anahata's, I looked out and I just felt this huge sense of grounding. Like there was ancient magic in that place. There is. And I could feel it. Here, I feel it in the hurricanes. I freaking love the energy in storms. We haven't had a good one since I really started practicing. And when I say a good one, I just mean like, not a bad storm, but one that actually like brings rain. <laughs> so I think if I lived 
someplace that wasn't so hot and muggy and gross, I might be able to connect with plant magic more or anything that's required for outside. I do know that I love the water and you would think being on the coast would make me more of a water witch, but the water here is so disgusting that I don't use it as much as I should. What do you mean? I don't want to touch the water (laughs) in the Gulf where I live. Okay. Because there's, we have, our beach was man-made. It was dug out. And there's islands not far out from our beach. And those islands don't allow clean water to come in and replace the dirty water, like, and filter it out. So with all the casinos and things right there, it's just the water is disgusting. And I won't go in it. But if I lived somewhere where I could go out on the beach and get in that water, I feel like I would be a whole different person. Or get in a river or a creek or anything like that. I remember being a kid. I would go to my grandparents' house and they had a creek in the back part of their property. And I would just get in there and... I was so at peace there. I was, I loved it. I would climb up on a rock and just listen to the water run around me. Like it was just, that was home. Do you celebrate any holidays or Sabbaths? Not yet. I'm actually very excited. Over the summer, I decided I wanted to start celebrating the Sabbaths just to see how I felt with them. And I was going to start at the beginning. So, Samhain is going to be my first one, and I'm planning a little thing. I'm going to make some kind of apple dessert. I don't know if I'm going to do, like, baked apples or an apple pie or maybe just applesauce. I haven't decided specifics yet, but then I'm going to do, I think, a beef stew, and I'm going to make witch's bells for my house, and... I'm going to set up candles in my windows and all over my house. And I'm going to offer some of my beef stew and some of my dessert to my ancestors. And I'm just, I'm really excited. (laughs) And if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be Yule, mostly because... I love Christmas and I love Christmas because I'm a gift giver. I love giving gifts. Um, Me too. Of course, I love getting them. <laughs> love language. Presents are fun. Mine are too. And That's my love language. Yeah. Oh, most definitely mine too. I keep trying to tell my husband, like, he doesn't have to get me something big. When he goes to the store and sees a candy bar that he wants exactly. to split with me. Exactly. Like, my heart gets so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you thought about me. You do love me. Plus, I'm really happy that I can decorate my house and stuff for Christmas slash Yule without having like 
angels and baby Jesus. Cause I drew, grew up in a very uh, conservative Christian house. And, uh, I was always like, eh, I don't like it. But now I can do like deer and crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let him eat my children. No, wait, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> do you have a coming out story? Yes, I do. <laughs> this is the pendulum story. Um, I almost told it too soon. Um, so a long time ago, I'm talking like 10 years ago. So way before I ever even thought about practicing, I was in this tiny little like knickknack store. I thought it was just like a knickknack store and I was looking at things and just kind of browsing around and the owner came up behind me and she was like, did you bump this table right here? And I was like, oh my goodness, I I don't think so. I'm sorry. Did I knock something over? Did I break it? I was freaking out. And she was like, no, no, no. Um, I just noticed these. And she pointed to, I had no clue what they were at the time. Turns out they were pendulums and they were all moving, all of them. And I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't think I bumped them, but maybe I did. And she was like, well, will you do me a favor? And I was like, I don't have the money to buy all of them. Uh, but I didn't say that obviously. And she was like, could you just walk to the other side of the room for a minute? I was like, okay. So I walked to the other side of the room and she was like, okay, now can you, like I I waited for a minute she was like, okay, can you come, can you come closer now? And I walked up closer next to the table and the pendulum started moving again. And some of them were just like vibrating and, but there was one in particular that was he was moving. (laughs) Like you would think it looked like a child on a swing. Like it was going. And I was like, what is that? What's, what is that? And she said, this is supposed to be for you. And I said, ma'am, I didn't bring any money with me. And she was like, no, this is yours. You can have it. So I took it home. She told me how to ask it. Yes or no questions. Um, and she was like, keep it on you. It'll, um, it'll connect with your energy and then you can, you can use it to help make decisions. And I was like, okay. So I did, I kept it on me. I would watch it move when I asked it questions. Um, I only ever asked it yes or no questions. Cause that's all I knew it could do. Um, but that got me started thinking about how everything has energy and how my energy might affect something else. And that, uh, that's, that's where it all started. (laughs) Have you asked your pendulum if that's what you're supposed to be doing? Because it feels like that's your thing. I've never had that experience. You haven't? I've never used a pendulum. See, Sarah said the same thing, that she's never felt one that she connected with uh, until Anahatis. She found one there. I'm so happy for her. Um, I need I need to ask my pendulum that. I need mm-hmm. to. I, and I have several. I have one that I use to talk to Hestia. I have one that I use um, 
like I only talk to Hestia with that one. I only talk to um, my dragon spirit with one. I have one that um, I can fill with something, whether it's an oil or crystals that I haven't decided what I want to use it for yet, but it's really pretty and really cool. So I had to have it. And then I have one um, that I use to like help me open my chakras or close them if I need to close them. Yeah, I need to, I need to ask it. I love pendulums. (laughs) (laughs) What do you dislike about the witch community? I know a lot of people have said this, but the gatekeeping. Um, not necessarily, I mean, yes, the gatekeeping, but more specifically that there are so many people who look down on people who are new to the craft and I guess forget that everybody has to start somewhere. We don't all understand the words that you're using because you're talking at a high school witch level and we're in kindergarten. Yeah. If you want to be fancy and say DSL or Wittershins, that's fine, but give people a break. Right. <laughs> right. What do you love about the, the witch community? Though, <laughs> on the other hand, when you find your community, they are literally your life support in the craft. Going back to my imposter syndrome answer, when I need something, my community is the people are the people that I go to. And I've never I don't even have that with my family. I I have that with my husband and now you all and that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> me too. Do you feel like social media affects your practice? Yeah. Um, Social media is basically how I learned about my practice. Um, Don't come for me. I didn't know. I started learning things on like witch talk. Don't do that anymore. You can. (laughs) I mean, there's new stuff pops up there all the time. There are some really good witch talkers. There are also some not good ones. And... You can't always tell by what's on the For You page or what's gotten the most likes. You have to, you have to know how to find the good ones. And, um, you know, I found some good ones, some that I really connect to and related to. And um, the more I learned, the more I found people who were like, (laughs) who would say things that were obviously just, um, I'm kind of hex the moon. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I will never get Why would that. you want to hex the moon? Like, what? why would you think you could child? Right. Um, but my whole community is through social media. So I, I don't think I would be where I, where I am if it weren't for witchcraft and social media. Do you feel like you use social media to affect the practice of others? 
No. Well, in that I help my community, my very specific community, yes, but I don't put witchcraft on my social media except for very specific private groups. My family, as I've said, is very conservative Christian. And if they were to find out about my craft, uh, I'm pretty sure I would never see my little sisters again. At least not until they're 18 and out of the house. (laughs) So unfortunately, I have to keep that side off of my main social media groups completely private. But um, in private groups... Yes, I do. What's something you wish was discussed more in the wish community? The basics. <laughs> I I wish that people would be clear and specific when talking to new witches. Um I, told, I know I told you this story. I don't remember if it was when we were recording at Anahata's or if it was just in conversation. But when I first started, I heard about setting intentions. And I had no clue what that meant. So I would ask people, what does it mean to set an intention? And they would say, well, just tell it what you want it to do. Okay, well, can you... Can you give me an example? Well, it's private. Okay. What? That's not. <laughs> I'm not asking you to tell me yours, dummy. Wait, I just, I just want an example. Well, it can be whatever. Okay. Can you give me an example? No. Next. Well, yeah. And basically, they would be like, no. <laughs> That's so, unhelpful. Right? So I spent the first, I don't know, maybe four months of trying to set my intention. I would see everywhere. You can stir your intention into your coffee. Okay, cool. That, that I can understand that. Um, make sure your intentions are, um, positive based. So don't say I'm not going to do this. Say I'm, I'm going to do this. Okay, cool. Positive based. Um, say it as if it's already happening. So instead of saying, you know, I, I want this, make it, I am this. Okay, cool. I can do that. So then I would be like stirring into my coffee in the morning being like, I intend to have a good day. I intend to be protected. Um, and I feel like the universe was kind of like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> so, you know, tell, be nicer to the newbies. That's just in general, people should do that. Right? Like nobody wakes up knowing everything. So even now, I don't, I feel like the big secret with intention is nobody actually knows how you're supposed to do it. So nobody wants to tell because nobody knows what they're doing is what I've come to the conclusion. (laughs) But it's also so individualized. Right? And I just want, you know. I, I just wanted somebody to say, like, yes, when you stir your coffee, say, like, say, po- start with positive affirmations. I am strong. I am smart. I am worthy of love. Start with that. 
And then once you move past that, then you can do the more specialized, more specific intentions. But nobody told me that. Is there a witch that you envy? There's a lot of them. Any witch that knows their place, I envy. What does that mean? Like, um, you've had Andrea of Appalachia. She knows yeah. her place. She knows that house is where she belongs. You mean place as in a physical location? No, like her security, maybe? Like, she knows that on that mountain, in that house, is where her spirit belongs. Working with the plants, canning all her vegetables, that's her. Um, Farm wife witch, you had her on. Um, And she knows she's a fire witch. Um, You've had Casey from Casey's Corner on. She knows she is a political witch with fire witch leanings. Like they have their niche. And I kind of feel like a fish out of water. (laughs) So I envy, I envy the people who have found their niche. And I'm not going to ask if that makes sense. (laughs) I feel like. I feel like you have found your niche. <laughs> I don't know why you don't. I don't know what it would take for you to feel like you did. I don't know. I honestly, because of all the things that I, I need to be working through in therapy, it might take a lot <laughs> for me. To, I feel like I, there's a lot of things I need to work with before I will feel like I, because I, I don't feel like I belong with my family. Um, not my my husband family, but like my parents. And in fact, I know I don't belong. I don't fit in with any of them. I don't. I never belonged growing up. I always felt separated. So I always felt not good enough. So I think it'll. Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot of therapy for me to feel like. For me to be comfortable with this is my thing. This is what I'm going to. Well, you might not have belonged with them. I don't feel like I belonged with mine either, but I, I didn't. That's why I'm here and not on the East Coast. Right? I mean, not a physical location, but yeah. I mean, I mean that's where they are. That's why I'm not there with them Got because I didn't. <laughs> Luckily, I only live about um 45 minutes from my dad and my stepmom, but I only see them like when I plan on seeing them. <laughs> There's no like dropping in. No, that 45 minutes might as well be four hours. It's great. Name five things people would use to call you in a summoning spell. Okay. I've been thinking about this one. <laughs> hmm. um, a book, obviously. Some sort of drinking vessel. I am obsessed with coffee cups, tumblers, cool wine glasses, any kind of unique drinking vessel. Um, A horn. Yes. (laughs) Give me a horn. Um, I 
am going to the Renaissance Fair and I found a cool bottle that had root beer in it and I hate root beer. So I made my daughter drink the root beer so that I could have the bottle. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I just have a, it's a problem. picture of you holding her down. Drink this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had, I made her a deal. I was like, you can have this, but I get the bottle. And she was like, are you all paying for it? I said, yes. And she was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so books, some kind of cool drinking vessel, food, popcorn, specifically popcorn will always get me, but food, bread, stew, brownies, I don't care. Some kind of food, some kind of crafting supply. Right now, the obsession is yarn, obviously, and a blanket. Hmm. You have like a cozy blanket? Yes. Yes. Who or what would you say are the three biggest influences on your practice? So I'm going to cheat a little bit and put you, Macy, and Charlie How all in you? one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's all in one. <laughs> I will say the first TikTok witch that I found that I actually felt some sort of connection with. She would, uh, she does a lot of Reiki and a lot of them I would watch and like try to feel something, but with her, I could, I could feel it. Like there was a connection there. Um, her name is Sweet Venom uh, on TikTok. Her name is Sweet Venom Healing is her whole handle. And she is chaotic and crazy <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> um, and she's helped me a lot in just figuring out everything that's been going on. She's the one I was talking with her and she said, how do you feel about elementals? And in my brain, I was thinking like the elements. And before I could respond, she said, you know, like the fae or dragons or gnomes or, and those were the first things that she said. And I'm, let me tell you, I have gnomes all over my house. I'm obsessed with them. I have a fairy tattooed on my leg and I'm going to have a dragon tattooed on the other leg because that represents my husband to me. My husband is dragon energy. And I was like, are you kidding me? Those three things you mentioned, those are my things. And she said, I thought so because I'm sensing you have something there with you. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm, I'm getting the feel of Faye around you. And she's the one who taught me a lot of like my pendulum things and how to use it. And that's how I figured out uh, my dragon is actually a water dragon. Um, yeah, she's, she's amazing. I love her. And then a third person. <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down to just three. Can I just say your group? 
Yeah. Can that be? Because I didn't say a person. It's just, I said thing or. Okay. Oh, influences. Yeah. Um, So yeah, your group, there are so many different types of witches in there and not just like, oh, I'm a kitchen witch or, oh, I'm a eclectic witch, but witches from all walks of life who are so different in the things that they are into personally. There's super nerdy witches like me. And then there's, you know, Andrea with working with the, the nature spirits that she works with. And it really opened up my eyes as to what witchcraft can look like. And it's not just, long nails and crystal balls and black clothes. What would you tell somebody just starting out? Don't be if read everything you can get your hands on, (laughs) but don't be afraid to practice. You can, you can very easily get to a point where you have all of the book. Well, not all of the book knowledge, but all you have is book knowledge. And then you're scared to do the practical work. So. Yes, read all the books, do your studying, do your learning, but practice alongside it. And find your community. Kids is a great one. Oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, thanks. What would you like to hear from somebody, like if you came across the real-life equivalent of Gandalf or Dumbledore, what would it be? What would you want to hear from them? That I was doing good. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. Um. Gandalf and Dumbledore are two very different people. Uh, yeah, but they're older, experienced founts of knowledge and information and wisdom. I would want Gandalf to lead me on an adventure. I would want to hear, it's okay to do this. I'm leaning more towards, towards uh, Gandalf because I don't. My feelings with Dumbledore are complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too. I don't want to go into that. I don't Um, get involved in that whole world anymore. Yeah. But uh, I am a Tolkien nerd and I am very much a Hobbit type person. And not just in that I love my home. I love what I am comfortable with. And I am scared to take chances. So I would want somebody more experienced to come along and tell me that, you know, it's okay to take chances and here, I'll, I'll be with you. It'll be fine. You might die, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to see on the show? You know who I would like to see? I would like to see uh, Sarah from... Flora and Function. Me too, Sarah. Because <laughs> that woman 
has some kind of spell work that she has done over all of the pottery that she makes. And it makes like, I have to have it. I I can't tell myself no. And I need to know how she does that. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. That's who I want on the show. (laughs) And you can tell her I said that too. I will be playing this. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up that I didn't ask or that you wanted to ask me? Ooh, I don't. If you want something from Fantasy Core Creations, um, I'm not going to put this like out on Facebook, but I will work for like barter system. (laughs) So if you make something or do something and you want one of my shawls or ear warmers or whatever I have out, uh, message me and let me know. And we will work something out because I like cool handmade shit. And at the end, I already know, you know, the questions. Yes. Recommend something. That's not a question. It's a demand. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it now. Um, wow, I had an answer, and then the first thing that came to mind was energy drinks. I am not recommending (laughs) (laughs) contradicting. No, you honestly don't recommend that to anybody. (laughs) I would die, (laughs) right? I don't know how I haven't. Um, if you have a pet, especially one that isn't super snuggly and right up your butt. Like maybe if you have multiple pets and there's one that just doesn't get as much attention, take a nap with them. I have started setting aside almost every day a nap time with my puppy. And even if I don't fall asleep, I cherish that time so much. She'll snuggle up into me and she's so cute when she's sleeping. Like just Take some time to lay down with an animal. It doesn't have to be every day. Just try it. That sounds stupid. (laughs) What if it's a turtle? If you can snuggle a turtle, dude, snuggle your turtle. (laughs) I don't, I wouldn't recommend snuggling a fish. Um, I feel like that's frowned upon. I have a vision of Charlie picking up her fish tank and putting it on her bed and curling up around it. Okay. Now that's really cute. And like her talking to it. Yes. (laughs) And patting the top of the aquarium. Charlie, if you do that, I need a picture. I also. (laughs) (laughs) Last question. Tell me a story you love to tell. It's not even a question. It's a demand again. Okay. I, I definitely have a story that is my favorite story to tell. And I have been dying to be interviewed just so I can tell it. Yay. <laughs> so let me set the scene. I am in my mid-teens, live out in the country. We have a small farm with horses, goats, chickens. What? Yeah. Yeah. You're holding out. I grew up doing like farm shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And 
I've always been an avid reader with a big imagination. Okay. Keep that in mind. I just finished reading the time machine. Um, HG if Wells. you haven't read it, spoiler alert, there's a part where they go into the future and there are two like, um, types of people, one that lives above ground and they're like happy and terrified of the dark because the other set of people live underground and basically treat the above ground happy people as farm animals and they come out at night and steal them and kill them and eat them. Terrifying, right? Is this H.G. Wells? I think so, yes. I have not. Okay. (laughs) I haven't read it. So, just finished reading this. They talk about in the book um, how the happy people are scared of the eye shine at night because that's the underground people. Oh, no. And we get home after dark, and I have to go lock the chickens in. Get the eggs, what have you. So I go out there and my imagination is going and I'm seeing the eyes and I'm like, it's okay. It's just farm animals. It's fine. It's nothing scary. Um, Go up into our hen house. Our hen house had like three little steps to get up into it. And then we had chicks in there. We had babies. So we had a, a board across the bottom of the door that I had to step over. Um, so I step over that I'm getting up in the eggs because I'm, I don't have my flashlight, um, cause I'm dumb and <laughs> I am like right up in the boxes and all of a sudden I see this long pink tail oh. hanging out of one of the, the boxes. That is not a chicken. Chickens do not have long pink tails. Um, I'm convinced it's a rat. I have been, um, the movie, The Secret of Nim, scarred me as a child. What? I'm terrified of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Because the the rodents were smarter than people. And I hate rats now because of that. So I get super freaked out. I back out. Like, I will not turn my back on this thing because I'm convinced it's going to attack me. I back out of the hen house, forget about the board in front of the door, Oh no! trip over it, fall on my butt. Um, we had a dog that was part border collie at the time and he walked behind me, but just far enough away that the very end of the hair on his tail brushed up against the back of my arms. <sighs> so I am freaked out from the eyes in my imagination in the book. I am freaked out about this rat that's in the hen house. Then I feel that up against the back of my arms. I ran screaming bloody murder as loud as I possibly could into the house. Screaming the whole time, Dad, there's a rat in the hen house. There's a rat in the hen house. So he goes out there. Um, it was a possum. Yeah, it was not a rat. I knew it was going to be a possum. Which is less terrifying. Not much, but less terrifying. And yeah, my dad did not let me live that down for about two years. <laughs> <laughs> he would be like, you better go out to the hen house before it gets dark. You don't want a rat to get you. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my story. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I love possums. They're not good for horses. Probably um, not. I don't remember what it is that they carry, but they carry something that they can give to horses that will kill them. At least that's what my dad told me. Who knows if it's true. But yeah. Well, well thanks for being on the show. Finally. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I hope that I uh, um, can be helpful to somebody. <laughs> Even if you just laugh at my funny story. Well, I will see you on Marco. I will see you on Marco. Bye. And don't forget to catch me on Facebook and Instagram. Fantasy Core Creations. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I got another review. This one says, Most Relatable Witch Podcast. Kim is a delight. She's just so much fun to listen to and easygoing. You can tell that she makes people she interviews feel very comfortable and happy. The witchy community needed something like your average witch podcast. From herbs, gardening, tarot, dealing with family, life, and children. It's just so relatable. I love hearing everyone's perspectives and stories. One of the few podcasts that I never miss an episode of. Thank you very much for that review. Um, I love the idea that I'm relatable. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at youraveragewitch.com and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch Podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes. <laughs>